Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves. And of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is a wellness expert, the co-founder of Quidwell, where she works to optimize the health of women, and the founder of Meriden Mental Wellbeing, where she teaches simple evidence-based techniques for mental well-being. She holds various certifications in breath techniques, positive psychology, mindfulness yoga, and has master's level education in mental and public health. In addition to everything she's doing to help other people, she's also a new mom to beautiful baby Sloan. Here today to talk about motherhood and supporting women along that journey, please welcome returning guest, Meriden McGraw. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I feel like because of the topic, like it's very like an Oprah conversation. <laughs> like I just like have this, I just like got this like Oprah vibe about me. And it's maybe like it's because you're in this like cute, like cute dress and like you had your glasses on. I just feel like we're sitting down for like a morning talk show. Yeah. Put the glasses <laughs> back on. It's like morning talk show. <laughs> it's the view. It's the, oh my God, I wish. Yeah. But I think that you know, we were like chatting, you were just going to come on for a snippet. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think we need a full 60 minutes <laughs> dedicated to becoming Be- a mom. <laughs> because I was looking at Quidwell has Market Muscles coming up with Gallia Collaborative, right? Or it happened. Yeah, so we're doing weekly Market Muscles and then, or sorry, monthly. And yeah. then the week after we're doing what we're calling Mental Muscles yes. with Gallia and we're meeting in the beer garden, which is now Jane's yeah. at Finley and talking about a mental health topic each yep. month. Amazing. Yes. And I think I saw something that she posted about like sharing creates change or like she yes. had like some other really poetic way of saying She's it. She's so good, Ashley. But yeah. it was essentially like we need to tell these stories, our own personal stories mm-hmm. to help other people just with their own experience. And yeah. like, this is how we create change. Yeah. There's this guy, Patrick Corrigan. I forget his exact name, but he did this whole study on stigma and decreasing stigma. And the number one way to decrease stigma is through storytelling. Yeah. Because you see someone that's like you and you're like, oh, well, if that person has experienced this, I could experience that. Right. 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 And it decreases stigma. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to have you on for a full 60 Great. and we can talk about Everything. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly of become now so like pregnancy. Fuck pregnancy, man. Labor, post labor. What's it like to work? What's it like to go back to work? What's it like to deal with? And you have had a lot of challenges. Yeah. Like like that whole piece and like and it's not even about like us getting to this like solution of like, and how do you manage it? Because you're not you haven't arrived there, right? Like you're managing Mm-mm. it. Mm-mm, yeah. You know? we're, we're like still in fight or flight mode. We're right. like in survival mode. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm just like hoping you can share everything. So let's start with your pregnancy because you did not have an easy pregnancy. <sighs> no. I 
hated pregnancy. I know. And I think it's really important for women who did hate pregnancy to say that because so often we're indoctrined with this, oh, you're glowing and it's beautiful and you're creating a life. Congratulations, congratulations, which is yes. Of course. And you should be grateful. And I was grateful and it sucked. Yeah. So I think it's really important for us to talk about how both of those things can exist. We tried for a while to get pregnant. I was extremely grateful to be pregnant. How long did you try to get pregnant? Can you move the mic a little bit so it's like right in front of you? Yeah, is that better? Yeah, that's better. Sorry. We tried to get pregnant for 15 months. Okay, so that's a, a significant, little bit over a year. That's yeah. a significant period of time. So we are just entering. We'd taken Clomid for one month. What's Clomid? It's a drug that per, like kind of forced you to ovulate. Okay. And so they typically do like two to three rounds of Clomid or some drug like that. And okay. then they'll send you to a fertility specialist. They'll run more tests, figure out what's happening, and then create a plan for... IUI or IVF, et cetera. So you didn't get to that piece? I didn't get to that point, no. How long do you try before they put you on this drug? It depends on how old you are. So if, you, uh-huh. if you're younger Just than 30, you definitely try for a year before they'll even talk to you. Like okay. they don't care. Um, or not they don't care, but it's just, it's normal. Yeah. Um, and then if you're over 30, they're a little bit more interested in like six to nine months, depending on okay. what doctor you're seeing. And then if you're over 35, they say three to six months mm-hmm. of trying. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Which is different for every person. Sure. Like. Totally. Also, I am like so blown away. And so many of my friends say this, how difficult it is for some people to get pregnant. I'm like, I wish someone would have told me that. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I don't know, is it because we are, you know, our friends and like our generation, like we are having children much later in life or is it that no one talked about it before and it was just difficult to get pregnant, but also like. Yeah, I mean, like my experience of like the people in my family I knew, right? My mom was 22 when she had me. Right. She And then she had three kids after that every two years. Yeah. And like she was getting pregnant when she did not want to be getting pregnant. She's a rock star though. <laughs> but like, so like I just, again, grew up with this assumption, right? Well, yeah, you just have a baby when you want to have a baby. Right. I was like, I'm going to plan it down to like the month. And no, I'm an right. idiot. Like I want a Taurus, so I'm yeah. gonna like conceive. Uh huh. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. But for some people, it does. Right. For some people, it does. Yeah. But did you? So did you know as you were trying to get pregnant, like why you weren't? Did they figure that out? What's, no, and okay. they rarely do, which is the frustrating part. So I have so many friends who've gone through IVF and have had challenges and losses, and. What's most frustrating about it is that a lot of times they don't have the answers. And that seems bizarre to me because it seems like a pretty simple concept of like you have to release an egg and there has yeah. to be sperm in your body. And right, there can like there's sperm, there can be a problem with the sperm, right? But that's mm-hmm. easy to test and you would you probably know that up front. So like what And why? then even when you have that, I have a very close friend who's going through this right now and experienced this. You have a healthy egg and healthy sperm and you put it together and then they implant it in you and it might not take. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and right. so you have to go through that whole experience as well. So it seems like maybe rightfully so creating life is not as simple as we think and want it to be. But again, it is for some people. Right. It is, is for like some people. the mind fuck of it all. Because yeah. you're like, I'm doing all these things. I remember like at one point we were trying, I cut out alcohol for two months and yeah. I cut out dairy and soy sure. and like all this shit. Right. And then the month that we got pregnant was COVID and I was drinking wine like every night. It was right. the first month of the quarantine. Right. And like I was doing nothing healthy and all of a sudden I got pregnant. So yeah. like, I don't know. If it's frustrating. Any... It's frustrating. It's, it's, it can probably be disheartening. Yeah. It's fertility is really hard. And I think we 
don't talk about it enough. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many people tell me about their losses. Yeah. Because and that's the whole other piece that we have. Yeah. Like, not only is it difficult to get pregnant, and but then like, what's the miscarriage rate? 25%. 25% uh-huh. of people- In the will, first trimester. Will have a, a, a miscarriage within the four. first trimester. Mm-hmm. And none of us talk about it. And if you do, like my friends are like, don't tell anyone and like blah, blah, blah. And like, I think it's so hard. Yeah. Because you want your system, your support system around you more than ever at that point. Right. Right. Do you think like there's a stigma there of like, I did something wrong? I did something wrong. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole process, and I think it's shifting. I really do. But I think the whole process is... Um, sorry, Chrissy, just told me to get closer to the mic. <laughs> you can move you it would, a little bit if you want. Like you can move it. Yeah. yeah. You would think like my 15,000 oh, time on, I can like use the mic. No, it's okay. Um, I think the whole process is set up to kind of blame the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. So when we were trying, we've been trying for 15 months and my doctor was like, okay, we're going to run all these tests on you. And they weren't even going to check Ryan's sperm. I'm like, well, why don't we check the other 50%? I know, that, that seems like, and also the easiest. Correct. All have you have to come do in is a go cup. watch porn yeah. in a cup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think it, it's easy to feel like it's your fault or if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. I mean, yeah. I've had those thoughts with Sloan. She has some complex medical issues when she, I mean, she has the first six months and I'm like, is it my fault? Is yeah, something we'll I ate? Is something yeah. I did? You know? Because so right. I think the whole system's set up to be like. Yeah. Right. It's all on you. It's all on the woman. Mm-hmm. You gotta carry it, you mm-hmm. gotta birth it, you gotta feed it, you gotta mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> Your hormones are going crazy, you gain all this weight, like yeah. Uh-huh. So you so you took you took the what's the drug called again? Clomid. Clomid. Yeah. For three months. You're on it for three months. Well, so this was the crazy part. So I was on it for a month. Okay. And then I called my so COVID hit. This was the middle of March. March. I called my OB at the time and asked her to call in a prescription for me. And she was like, no, I refuse. No one should be getting pregnant during this pandemic. What? Yes. You you cannot tell me that. Thank you. You are not God. No, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like my real life. I was like, what the? And so I called one of my really good friends from college and her dad is an OB here. He's amazing. And I texted her and was like, hey, Mags, just getting a second opinion. Like, is your dad's practicing this? Like, is this a common thing? No. No. I thought it was at the party line. I'm like, I guess it's the quarantine party no. line. Like, no, like it was Fauci not the common sending thing. messages to all the, yes. tell them no babies. Yes. We can't have any more babies right now. Now they did shut down IVF for like six months. Well, was that because it was like non-essential it was surgeries non-essential. or whatever? That's the only reason why. It wasn't like yeah, we're telling you not to have We can't have, have any more yeah. children on earth. Yeah. So anyway, Mag texted me back and was like, no, my dad's practice is not saying that, but he can't say anything more because you're not his patient. But if you want to set up a telehealth appointment with him, you can. So I did. And I switched to that practice and oh it was the best God. thing ever. He ended up delivering my baby, which was oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was like, no, we're not doing that. Like you can have Clomid if you want. So anyway, what was ironic is that when we had the telehealth appointment with him, I was already pregnant, but didn't know it. Oh, got it. And so... I did not have to take it again, which was lucky, but... Okay. But who knows if that spurred? Like, who knows? Yeah. Like, I don't know how it all works. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it could not have even been the medicine. It, yeah. Who it knows? You'll never been. know. We'll never know. Okay. So you find out you're pregnant and yeah. you're like very happy, right? Very happy. Yeah. yeah very grateful. Yeah. Yes. And what did you expect pregnancy to be like at those early days? Oh my like, God, what- I thought I was going to be like the fittest, healthiest pregnant woman I was like... You did. I will just be eating like... 
vegan, blah, blah, blah. You had like, and and you were being honest with yourself. Honest with myself. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to be like the healthiest, cleanest version of myself because I'm growing this human. And why would I not want to have their brain develop in the optimal way? Were you like reading books about like, what do I have to eat for the baby to be a genius? Best friend from Colorado sent me this book about, yeah, how I'm supposed to eat and all this stuff. And then I was so sick that I was like, I'm going to eat Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) When did the sickness start? For me, it started around like eight or nine weeks. Okay. And I would just lay on the bathroom floor. And it was, like I said, April, May of COVID. And so I was super busy with work because everyone was hiring us to teach stress reduction, mental health stuff. And so I was busier than ever. So I would give an hour presentation virtually. And then I would go lay on the floor for as many minutes as I had at the bathroom. Were you actually vomiting or just felt like you were going to vomit? I vomited sometimes, but it was more annoying when I couldn't. Because you just feel like you want to and you can't. Yeah. Um, and then I go back and do a presentation. People are like, how are you? I'm like, I'm so good. Yeah. I'm just like so great. Like, I can't wait for Zoom happy hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Meanwhile, you're suffering. Dying. So it was like all day nauseous. Was there any mm. other symptoms besides nausea? Were you tired? Yeah, it was. Exa- so the first trimester, tired, nauseous. My nausea lasted till 22 weeks, which is abnormal. Did you have any, did you take any medicine for it? Zofran, mm. um, which is anti-nausea medication that your doctor can give you, ask for it. It helped a little bit, yeah. but like it would get me from like a t- nine out of 10 to a five out of 10. So like worth it. Yeah. Um, but still not like you're feeling fine. No. And I did all the things. I bought the seasickness bands. I drank, I did peppermint. I drank peppermint tea. I did lavender. Like I did literally anything anyone would tell me. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I yeah. did acupuncture. Mm. That um, didn't help. Nothing no, helped. Nothing, nothing helped. helped. Did you, when did you, sorry if you guys hear some thunderstorms happening, some yeah. summer thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, when did you start to notice like changes in your body? I would say probably around 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Yeah. And then. And what was like the first thing you noticed? Just like a little, well, my, my boobs. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was going to ask. Oh you, my God. Like, my boobs got huge like right away. Yeah. I forgot about did that. Did your nipples change right away? No, mine never did. Okay. Some people's don't. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people, my friends did. Yeah. And were telling me about it. Luckily I have a lot of close friends that already had kids. Cause I was like, what is happening? So you had what resources. Is this? What? Yeah. yeah. Um, which not all women do. Right. Um, there's a new app that I'm following or Instagram account called Poppy's Health, I think. We can link it. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to connect, like women can text at any hour and be like, What is this? Is this wrong? Like oh, what's happening? Nice. It's almost like a ask Jeeves. For pregnant for women. Pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and postpartum. Um I'm really dating myself with that reference. Oh, like Ask Jeeves does not exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, like anyone under thirty is like, What? Yeah. <laughs> I've never asked you. That was OG. So yeah, then I had a restless leg syndrome. Then I had What is restless leg syndrome? Oh, well, it's... Okay, so this makes me so angry too. So there's only one, and if you think I'm wrong, please send me articles. I'd love to read them. But the one I found, there's only one funded, published NIH article on restless leg syndrome, yet 8 to 10% of women that are pregnant experience it. Eight to ten percent. Yes, and it's essentially it feels like there's ants in your legs. Oh my god, that's terrible! And you have to move your legs immediately, no. or they will explode. When did that start? For me, like twenty-two or twenty-three weeks, and then it lasted till I gave birth. Till the end, and it, is it all the time, or does it come in waves? At the end, it was all the time. It was so hard. You just had to move your legs. Mm-hmm. Were you just like walk, like when you had to fall asleep? Yeah, and so you're in bed. You're just like kicking and moving and kicking and moving. It's horrible. No. And then I was reading about it and there, 
there's really high suicide. So some people have it when they're not pregnant. Right. I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. Like, and no. there's really high mental health and suicide rates with people who have it. And I'm I like, of imagine. course. It sounds terrible. It was horrible. Horrible. The only thing that helped was baths. And that's it. That's it. I did everything for that too. I did Epsom salt, acupressure, acupuncture, massage, like anything. How did you deal with that? It was really hard. And a lot of my friends who I'm so happy for them had really easy pregnancies. So it was kind of hard like to find someone who was like, I, you're right. I like did feel like it was my fault. Like, or I feel like oh. I was over-exaggerating, oh. you know, like I was like, oh, maybe people think I'm just being like whiny, dramatic, dramatic, like, but then I had a few friends who are nurse practitioners who were like, no, you're having a hard pregnancy. Like yeah. I'm acknowledging it for you. It's yeah. Okay. And that's like what you need to hear. Because I know even when I'm going through any kind of hard, difficult time, my first reaction is to be like, are you, are you overreacting? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what I kind of thought because it's my first kid. I don't yeah. know. Right. And then luckily some of my friends, like I said, were like, no, this is... Because then I got sciatica. So sciatica, what you're supposed to do for sciatica is rest. And you can't because you have restless legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh-huh. sciatica is like there's pressure on the nerve, right? That uh-huh. runs down the back of your leg. That's correct. And where does where does the pain show up? Oh, it was like in my butt cheeks and yeah. my hip flexor and my hip. Like. Did you talk to Nobby at all? Yes. And so... Hi, Eric. Eric tried to help me with the restless leg and he was like, there's like no research on it. Like it's not funded. Women's health is not funded. There's not enough research on pregnancy and the ailments that exist. There's no treatments. Like literally my doctors were like, we're at a loss. Like, and I loved my doctors. They were like trying to help me, but they're like, we don't know. Exhausted all of our options. Like we don't know what's going to work and they can't give you anything because you're pregnant. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, God, give me a sleeping pill, uh-huh. knock me out, anything. And you can't do anything. No, you can take Unisom, which is like a fake version of a sleeping pill. Or Tylenol, which I think is a placebo. What the fuck does that even do exactly. for you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have no so you're nauseous, you have restless legs, you have pain in your butt. Oh, and also <laughs> the pandemic. So like no one can see me. I can't see anyone. <gasps> Everyone's like, your baby might die if it gets cold. You know, like, but everyone's freaking out. Oh, no, because- I know. You, yeah, of course. We didn't know. That we was didn't the, know. the height of it. No, you, you, you were on lockdown. Yeah. So, like, was there anything that gave, like, was there any point of it where you were like, I'm... Anything I'm, that gave me joy. Okay. I did. Yeah. No, no, I was never okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> joy, though. I mean, I loved feeling her kick. That was mm. cool. Um... I loved, like, at the end, I could see her move in my belly. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was cool. Um, and all this time, you're like, I'm going to have a baby at the end of this. Was that, like, a, a driving force? Oh, or, course. like, was that not even enough? No, it was. And, like, it's. I just kept saying it's a means to an end. It's a means to an end. Yeah. This it's isn't not forever. forever. It's, it's not, not forever. forever. Yeah. And... There are people, I mean, I did, I did have a hard pregnancy, but there are people that have it way worse. I mean, that are yeah. bad rest the whole time or right. like whatever Kate Middleton had. And she was sick the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. hospitalized. So. Right. But yes, definitely. I feel like when you have a goal at the end, which is to have this baby. Right. It makes it easier. Yeah. Were you, so like towards the end then, did you also experience, like what are some like people say like at the end, right? You have like swollen feet. Like people, people have oh, that like yeah. good pregnancies quote unquote good that are still like, oh, this was like the uncomfortable part. So yeah. So my feet swelled so much they couldn't fit. So I had like, it was winter. So I was trying to put my hunter boots on. They wouldn't fit in my hunter boots. Like, you know, those are like so wide. And like, like 
close? What was that oh, experience like? Well, the only thing I lucked into is because of the pandemic, I never had to leave my house. Right. So you just wore leggings. So I just wore leggings. Yeah. And people passed me down like some maternity dresses mm-hmm. and like... That's what I would say is like find friends that were pregnant and are done and oh, get their stuff because yeah. you waste so much money on buying all the stuff right. that you're going to wear for six months right? or right. three months even. Right. Okay. So then, uh, wait, anything else with the pregnancy, anything else to add that you think is worth noting? Uh, there's no, there's no light for you really. There was no light. Yeah. Oh and that's God. fine. And work, no. how did you work during this? It was so hard. At the end in December, I just like checked out. Yeah. But what was so difficult is you're also, so like work for me is my baby. Like yeah. I created this. And so you're also trying to wrap everything up in a way that you really want to leave for whatever Right, like you time. don't, you're not even leaving a job where like they're going to put someone in your no. place for maternity leave. You're going to have coverage, whatever. Like you are just going to have to stop working. Exactly. And you just don't make money. Yeah. So I was trying to like overwork. Yeah. In October and November to like fit in clients and make up for it. And so it was hard. I also do believe you block a lot of it out, which a lot of people have told me. But so even now as you're thinking back on it, you're like, was it really that bad? Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, was it? But it was. I think my husband would tell me Okay, maybe like pro tip, like keep a journal. Well, I... I actually need to go back to, I wrote this word document one day. I was having a hard day and I was like, I'm going to show this to Sloan when she calls me and she tells me she hates me for the first time. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, here's what uh-huh. I did Cause for Cause that's you. exactly what she wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't care mom. No, yeah. that's, I mean, even if you don't get to show her or like you don't choose to show her, I think it's good for you to have so you can reflect back. And like, maybe if you like want to have another baby, you read that again. Yeah. And I'm like, let's wait. And then you're like, where's the surrogate? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I Googled literally. How expensive are they? Okay. So 40 to 60 K depending on who you hire. And uh, yeah. And like, you're you're not going to take the lower budget version when it comes to your baby. Right. Right. I don't know what the price difference gets you, but. Wow. I know. So I Googled it and I told Ryan and he was like, okay, so our kids can basically like go to college or you can have a surrogate. And I was like, I think trade school is a great option. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. I would be really interested if if anyone knows anyone that's that's either like been a surrogate or mm-hmm. or had a I'm very interested in this path because I think it, it does seem like a path uh, clearly for like people that, for a, a a privilege right this yeah. is a privilege that yeah. you don't have to you know for whatever reason choose not to carry the the child which could be for a variety of reasons right but I'm just really I would just love to hear that story and point of view yeah I don't know anyone though. I don't think yeah. that's very common. I know family here. surrogates where like people have had infertility journeys and then like a sister or a cousin has. Oh, that's interesting in too. To like carry their cousin or sister's egg. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. That'd be cool to hear. Anyone? Let me know. Yeah. Reach out. Okay. So you're going into labor. Yeah. What's so like? I went into my doctor's like at 38 weeks. And was like, I need to get this baby out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. I'm dying mentally. Mm-hmm. I had sciatica and restless legs, so I can't move, but I have to move, mm-hmm. but I have to rest, but I have to move. Uh-huh. Like, I mentally am not right. Like, is she grown enough? Is she big enough? Yeah. We like, gotta get wait, let's get this out. So 39 weeks is like the first time they can induce you okay. without a medical reason, which I really believe I had a medical, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so they induced me at 39 weeks. And, and what is that process like? Okay, so it depends on what doctor you have and what they've and how dilated you are. Okay. So I went in and sometimes they have to put a balloon like up your vagina and like dilate Is there any you. part of any of the labor 
or any like pregnancy, sorry, pregnancy for like checkups, whatever that's like painful or weird that we don't know about. Um, like ultrasounds, that's not painful. It's just like pressure. No, it's just like outside of your belly. It doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Well, if they have to do a vaginal ultrasound, that might be uncomfortable for some yeah. people. And that's only really early on. Okay. Um, like I was spotting at six weeks. They gave me one. Yeah. Um, but after a certain point, they just do on your belly. Okay. And, that's and then so you're fine. Oh, the exams. Yeah. So like at 36 weeks, I think, or was it 37? They started to feel if I was dilated. Okay. So it's like a pelvic exam on okay. steroids. Okay. Oh, okay. Pressure? Yeah. Just like yeah. really reaching up to feel if your uterus is dilated. Okay. So, or cervix, excuse me. Yeah. Um, That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't horrible. Honestly, at that point, I was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It yeah. didn't bother me. No. Okay. So so you're going in. They're inducing you. Yeah. 39 weeks. 39 weeks. We go in. It's December 27th. It's a Sunday. And we went in at midnight. And like they had this scheduled. They're like, yeah. you're going to come in. This is when you're having your baby. So they schedule inductions. Okay. That seems nice to me. Did you like that scheduled I piece? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I know was. it's not like natural, blah, 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 but I like love no, it. No, don't like, care. Great. Let me put it on Thank my calendar. Uh-huh. <laughs> having the baby. Uh-huh. And then I got there and they're like, what's your birth plan? And I was like, drugs, like literally drugs. Mm-hmm. That is and deep breathing. Okay. So this is good. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So they ask you your birth plan as you come in. Yeah. Is this discussed any other time? No. Oh, at my 36 week appointment, my doctor was like, do you have a birth plan? And I was like, I think my birth plan is like, I I don't want to feel it. Yeah. Get the baby out. Yeah. And I want her to be healthy. And he was like, cool. Okay. Okay. Because I think it's really, really important to be clear on that because I had a friend that I think she was a little wishy-washy. She was like, oh, like I might want to do that. And so because she was unsure, they were not, you know, kind of like ready to, to act on the epidural. And then it was like, okay, it was too late late, or it had to wear off. And and then she was like, no, I want, like, Mm -hmm. I think again, you just have a birth plan, whatever that birth plan is. Yeah. Be clear up front. Yeah. So yours was, I'm going in, we're inducing, I want an epidural. Yes. Okay. So what's, walk me through that, what that looked like. Um, so we went in on Sunday night and then- they, you're, And you're not, you're obviously you're not like in labor, right? So you have no pain, you have no contractions. No, no contractions, no pain. But turns out I was two centimeters dilated. So okay. I was in like having some, you can have contractions like at two centimeters dilated apparently for weeks. But, okay. And you don't really feel it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then they lost the consent forms. They couldn't give me- <laughs> The Pitocin, which comes in like an IV drip, and okay. it's a drug that induces contractions. Okay. So they couldn't give me the Pitocin until they got the consent, but it was midnight, and they couldn't reach the doctor on call. So then I laid there for four hours. Okay. Just just hanging. Okay. But you're okay? I'm you're okay. feeling okay? Nothing, yeah. Restless legs still? Restless legs still, so yeah. I can't sit still, so I'm like pacing the halls. Yeah. Um, and then they gave me Pitocin, and nothing happened. Okay. So typically you might start contractions. I don't know. It depends on the person, but it could happen like 20 minutes after you get Pitocin. It could happen for me 18 hours later. 18 hours later. Okay. So So then then they're like, do you want that Bedrill? And I'm like, I don't feel like I should get it until I feel contractions. Right. 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 That makes sense to me. Yeah. And so I just kind of like hung out and they kept giving me more and more and more. More Pitocin. Yeah. More Pitocin, more IV fluids. Cause apparently you need that when you have Pitocin. I don't know. Um, and then I finally fell asleep, okay. which was amazing. Yeah. And then I woke up and I felt some contractions. And, and the, like, what, that feels like cramping? Yeah, but intense. Okay. So even like in these very early contractions for you, it's like intense. Yeah. But like not the early ones, it was not, nothing I couldn't manage, you know? Like right. It's like, did, you, did you have ever have an IUD? Yeah. 
Okay, so like that feeling when they put the IUD in? A little bit, but it's like a ripple almost, you know? Like you like feel pressure coming down. Okay. It's like a little bit, for me, it was a little bit like a ripple and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's more intense than period cramps for sure. More intense than period cramps, right? Yeah. Okay. And so you're having that and they come like in the beginning, maybe every 10 minutes or whatever. And how long do they last? And they're counting them. Well, it depends on like how far along you are. Um, so maybe they're two to three minutes, maybe they're 60 seconds in the beginning and they get longer yeah. and they're closer together. Okay. Um, so how long did you, so I had contractions and then I asked my nurse, I was like, should I get the epidural? Should I not? And she was like, I would just get it. Really? Okay. And so then I got it Okay. and I was like, this is the fucking life. Like I would get an epidural right here, right now. Yeah. I, sure. Okay. What was the problem? But then putting that needle in your back, what was that like? And I know a lot of people have had horror stories of epidurals, so I sh- should say be warned but and this guy missed like so many times um excuse me mm-hmm. he missed twice how do you miss what are you missing i don't know i don't know because you're leaned over you're like in this little ball yeah and he's the guy the, whoever is doing the, the anesthesia yes. yeah whatever is behind you like at your spine okay. and so i'm facing the nurse who i loved i had so many nurses who i loved and i'm like making eye contact with her yes and I'm like, is this taking really long? Like under my breath. And she's like, uh-huh. Are you feeling anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's like he like, like pokes. Po- like a needle like poking a needle. you? It's a needle. Okay. So, but does it feel like a regular kind of shot? Like an IV? Honestly, at that point, I was like, just give me drugs. So okay. I didn't. Yeah. It feels kind of like an IV. I don't really remember. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know that it's not anything traumatic. Oh, no. That you remember. I just remember yeah. taking a long time and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the nurse being like, yeah, this isn't normal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. But then he did it and it worked. Okay. And um, what's it feel like? Describe the feeling to me. Well, for me, it was so great because I'd had a restless leg for right. six so months. Right. So you're like, finally, I don't feel so this. So I was like, I don't feel my legs. That mm-hmm. is the best gift anyone could have given me. Uh huh. So it's just like a, fe- a feeling of you, you, you don't have a lower body feeling. You don't have a like lower body. Like it doesn't exist. Is it weird? Does it freak you out a little bit? What was weird was when I was pushing. Because then I couldn't feel. And that's what people say. Is that's what, if you have an epidural, you're more likely to tear because you can't necessarily feel how hard you're pushing. Okay. That was weird. And then what was weird, at, like when they put Sloan on my chest, I was trying to like scoot my legs up to like sit up to see her and yeah. I like, couldn't move my legs. That was really weird. Okay. But is there any, like you, they, you say like it's the best film. Was there any like, is there like a euphoria component to it or is it just you're paralyzed? No, you're just paralyzed. But I think like because you were in so much pain. Okay. It just, just the relief. the relief. So the contraction, you, you like experience the pain of the contractions. Yeah. 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 But nothing that you couldn't bear. No. And I think that, I mean, women go do natural birth all the time. No, like, I, I know. It's astonishing to me. I know. And I have a lot of respect. And I think that you are a better human than me. Mm-hmm. On very many levels, and I have no problem admitting that. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> I still don't care. I'm getting a fucking... I, met, I had lunch with Rachel from Grateful Grams today, and she was like, yeah, I did two home births naturally. And I was like, yeah. you are strong. Yeah, you're better than me. You are strong. <laughs> and I don't care what you say, <laughs> yeah. and you can come back and say, well, no, you are better than me. Uh-huh, a thousand. And I'm fine with it. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, a thousand. <laughs> so yeah, the, the epidural happens, and then... How long until... So then at 7 a.m. on the 27th, I started, pu- no, 5 a.m., I started pushing. And they have to, they come in and they're telling you now you got to push because you don't know. So then at that point, you don't know. So they're watching this screen and it's like a monitor hooked up to your belly and they're looking at Sloan's heart rate, blah, 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 all these things, how far I'm dilated. So they're constantly checking you, like how far you're dilated. And then they're like, okay, it's time to push. 
it's time to push. What are you doing? What do you think? Are you watching TV? Are you on Instagram? Yeah, like, you can be. Okay. Like, literally just laying there talking to Ryan. Ryan's eating. Okay. You're not allowed to eat. So I'm, okay. like, starving. Sure. Right. Um, <laughs> he's, like, got his, I don't know, cooler of cheese sticks uh-huh. in the corner. And I'm, right. like, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, watched movies. I watched all of Bridgerton. Oh, while in labor. Fuck that show, but good for I you. <laughs> and the nurses would come in and I'd be like, it's not porn. Like, yeah, right. I mean, because it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then so I pushed for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours consistently. Yeah. You didn't stop pushing. No. Well, well, so you push for X amount of minutes. I think it, I forget what it was. Like they'd be like, you push for two and then you're off for three. Push for two, off for three kind of thing. Did you do any, did you feel like you did anything in during the labor th- or during pregnancy that would prepare you for this? Um, so Fit Mama and 30 has a program actually designed for pregnant women and they do training based on what you might need for labor. Interesting. It's really interesting. So I did some of their workouts, which were helpful. So they, but at the end I couldn't work out because of my legs Mm -hmm. and such, but, um, they do like endurance and hit and like, that's what it kind of is. Cause you're like two minutes on three minutes, like a Tabata workout. Did you like ever feel like have the sensation or have the thought as you're going through this? Like, okay, this, uh, this is a fucking workout oh. and I will get through this yeah. and I will breathe deep and I know the end is coming. I told myself that I was like, think about it like a really hard workout. Yeah. Like, that's what I would do. Yeah. I've done lots of hard workouts before. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, I'm not going to die. I can do this. Like right. just keep pushing. Cause at the end you're exhausted because you're pushing and pushing. like, what is a push? So that's what's hard too. It's like, they're like, they had to like teach me. So I was like, am I doing it right? Like, like how, do they, why don't they teach you before? I want to be prepared before I go into this. Exactly. Which I also think if you see a pelvic floor yes. physical therapist, yes. that they will prepare you and they'll okay. help you. Also diaphragmatic breathing really helped me. Right. Um, the nurse did say, she was like, you're really good at this probably because you breathe so much. Like, yeah. so di- like strengthening your diaphragm, your core, all right, those things. Right. When we had, I had a pelvic PT on and like, that was yes. like the main thing they talked yeah. about, like breathing yeah. and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then she wasn't coming out. Um, and so luckily I, my friend's dad delivered Sloan. And so he was, I trust him a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Mayor, we can do a C-section or we can do forceps. And I was like, what do you think we should do? And he was like, let's try the forceps. Oh, God. I know. Um, so he was like, she's not going to be a Gerber baby when she comes out. Like, we prepared. And then it was funny because he pulled her out. He's like, oh, she, I did pretty good. She looks like her head looks pretty good. So Ryan said the forceps looked like um, someone was changing a tire. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard decision to make. It was hard. I mean, there's a lot of hard decisions and so many people are so passionate about this. Like the C-section rate in the States, I think is like 31% when it's, I don't know, 10% elsewhere. I'm totally blotching those numbers. Right. But we do more. Yeah. We do a lot more. So some people are, I don't know. And did you have this feeling of like, dude, I've been fucking doing this. I had the epidural. Yeah, I was done. I'm like, we're going to just. Well, and at a certain point, and my doctor did say this, he was like, so at a certain point, it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for the baby because yeah. if they're stuck in the birth canal for some reason, like you got to get them out. And that's where she's stuck in the birth canal. So she wasn't stuck in there, but what happened was her head kept hitting like a ridge of my bone or something. So oh, she couldn't get over it. God. Yeah. And so they had just pulled her out. It's like, and it's not healthy for her because she's like yeah. in and out in and right, out. Right. Um, so they did the forceps and then they put her on my chest and I started convulsing. Why? Um, 
I don't know. So it couldn't be a side effect from the um, anesthesia or the epidural. Convulsing and like, what does that mean? Like, what were you doing? Um, I was like, you know, have you ever like hyperventilated, have a panic attack, full body shakes? Like okay. my whole body was shaking and I couldn't stop it. Mm, okay. Um, and they were putting all these, we have like these blankets and heaters, which is amazing. And they were mm-hmm. putting all of them on me. And I was like, I need a blanket. They're like, they, you have 10 yeah. on you. Yeah. Wow. I was like cold. My teeth were chattering. But all that can be yeah. coming off the epidural. Okay. But it also could be like my blood sugar was low because I hadn't mm. eaten in 48 hours mm-hmm. and I just did this physical activity, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I was just shaking and they put sun on me and I was like sh- shaking. I couldn't stop. And then oh. I was crying because I was like, I what's wanna, wrong like, with me? Yeah. 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 Like, am I okay? Right. And I like want to enjoy this yeah. moment. And-, and I couldn't get my legs up. So I'm like trying to sit up in the bed and I couldn't do that. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> It but wasn't glamorous. No, no, no. But like, do you, do you like, did you have this like sense of relief? Was there like, this is a beautiful moment or that came later? No, later. Yeah. Cause I was like, so everyone was so worried about me. So then there's like 12 doctors over me. They're like, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? That my blood pressure was high. Yeah. So everyone was like really concerned about that. And then two hours later, like everything kind of calmed down. They took us downstairs. They take you off the L and D floor downstairs to like where the nursery is and uh-huh. such. And there I was like, okay. Like, we have a baby. Yeah. We did this. You did it. I did it. Did um, you, like, think she was beautiful and loved her immediately? Yeah, but, like, you're also just so... Tired. I was just so tired and so out of it. Did, did your restless legs go away immediately? No. So, <laughs> I know. It took, like... It, it went away a lot, but it took, like, a good month for it to totally go away. Yeah. That's terrible to hear. It is. It's horrible. So when you, you like bring her home, what's that experience like? Are you terrified? Like how's, you have to drive in the car? How long did you stay in the hospital after you birthed her? We stayed not long at all. We stayed one night after we birthed her and they're like in the morning, like you want to go home? Okay. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went home and I mean, I used to be a really chill parent until Sloan got sick, which yeah. I think is annoying. When did that happen? Um, so she always had issues breathing. She had jaundice the first week, so we had to get admitted for a night, which okay. is no big deal, yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, and then she had a cyst under her tongue, so we had to go in ENT assist under oh, her tongue. Okay. Go to ENT and get it removed, okay? Okay. And That's this is kind of a lot, though, to begin with. Yeah. And this is yeah. two weeks in, so I'm crying. She has blood draws for oh. all these things. So I'm, like, sobbing yeah. in the corner yeah. postpartum. Yeah. Which is no fucking joke. Okay. Let's talk about that before we get into yeah. Sloan's stuff. I mean, your hormones are just raging. And, like, okay. I feel like I'm a super calm, centered, I do all the things kind of person to keep my mental health in check. Mm-hmm. You help other people do that. Right. But this is an experience that was so foreign to me because I could see it, but it was out of my control. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm like really emotional about this. That's how I feel about when I have like, when I had my like raging PMS. Yeah. Where I'm like, I, this is not normal. Like I'm not acting like myself. Like right. I have no control over these like feelings that yeah. I'm having. And I want to. Yes. That was what it was. Yeah. I was like, I am not rational right now. Yeah. But I think just acknowledging that was helpful and like talking about it with my spouse, like talking about it with Ryan and being like, I'm feeling really unhinged right now mm. or really emotional. And I just need you to know that. Yeah. And so like admitting it out or not admitting, it's not, it's something to be embarrassed about, but right. like saying it out loud yeah. and acknowledging it, it was yeah. helpful. Okay. So then when did she get sick? And how long did that postpartum last? I guess like that. So I think I had a different experience. 
experience. I think it's different for everyone. But like, I actually felt like the postpartum, like raging hormones, like two to four weeks in, I was like, okay, I've got this. Like, I remember I went for a walk. I took sun on a walk and the dog on a walk. And I was like, I can do this. And the sun was out. And like, I was like, this is great. Like, I've got this now. (laughs) A sunny walk, honestly, will like make you feel like you can do anything. Exactly. I was like, yes, amazing. And then... Sloan had always had trouble breathing and Mm. we knew something was like kind of wrong, but what was really frustrating was a lot of doctors and I I don't want to say bad things about children's because children's has been amazing, but there was a lot of doctors that discredited me because I was a first time mom. Oh, they'd be like, Oh, well she's a baby. Babies are loud breathers. Oh, and And you're like this. I know something's not right. Yeah. And so we really had to advocate. So she had a strider and she would hold her breath. So she'd go (gasps) and hold her breath at the top for like five seconds. And I was like, I just, this is not, yeah. Feel. Yeah. So finally after a month, um, they're like, Oh, she has laryngomalacia, which is a floppy vocal cord. And I was like, Oh, okay. And they're like, and she's a deviated septum. And this is after all these visits. And then like, this could be part of a genetic condition where she has intellectual disabilities. We had to go through a geneticist and do all this testing. And And what is like going through your mind at this point? So that's where I feel like I really hit a hard, I like feel like I was like in control and felt really good and was like, went for this walk, you know, like whatever. I was going for walks. And then when we started finding out that something was more potentially seriously wrong with her. Yeah. It was devastating. I mean, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Like all you want to do is protect this little person in Mm -hmm. that moment. You feel like you can't. And when you're not, when they're, when even doctors are like, we don't know. That's what Ryan and I just kept saying to each other. If we hear this, we didn't expect this one Mm. more fucking time. We're going to like lose it because that's literally the whole thing with Sloan was like, oh my gosh, it shouldn't happen like this. And she's only in the 1%. She's in the 5%. She's in the whatever. Mm. Um, So only like 5% of kids with laryngomalacia ever need surgery. Mm. She needed it in the first two months of life. Like, Mm. um, so we, and how many other kids have a deviated septum? So like all these random weird things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went to her two month pediatrician appointment and we just knew something was wrong. And then she was like, you need to go to children's tonight for emergency surgery. Oh. And so that's where it all kind of spiraled. And we were in the PICU and just everything that went, could have gone wrong. She had a blood clot in her nose and mm. she had to have deviated septum surgery and laryngomalacia surgery and emergency surgery to remove the blood clot. And so it just like compounded on itself. Um, yeah. And that's when I felt like, okay, I remember one day in the PICU, I called my OB and was like, can you call me in something? Like, mm. I'm going to need like a benzo or something to help mm. for just a little while. Like, yeah. I, yeah. and I don't think there's any shame in medication no. for. That um, is incredibly difficult to manage. Yeah. Incredibly difficult. Yeah. And on top, like, are you still on maternity leave? Kind of. So like I don't have a maternity leave, right? Right. Right. So right. like I promised clients I would come back at ten weeks. So this was like all at ten weeks. So I'm like trying to work from Children's Hospital lobby because there's no one to like replace me. No. Which is also next time I have a baby, I'm going to do that totally different. And did you like think at all of like I've got to just put this work on the side? Like I just can't. Yes, I did the very minimum. I did like what I was contractually obligated to do and the most important. Yeah. And then I luckily do have a business partner at UC, who's amazing, who was super helpful. And then Molly took over Quidwell, which is super helpful. And so like everyone stepped up that I work with. Yeah. Um, So I just did like the bare minimum of what I had to do. Yeah. 
So what was the outcome with all of Sloane's stuff? Because how old is she now? She's six months old. Six months old. Yes. Fucking adorable. So cute, I think. Um, she's getting yes. fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's not a blob anymore. Yeah, right, right. Um, so the outcome is, so she has to wear oxygen cannula. She's obstruct- severe obstructive sleep apnea, so she stopped... When they did the sleep study, she stopped breathing 20 seconds of every 60 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Um, which is obviously not ideal for brain, heart, no. and lung development. No, no. So she wears oxygen at night. Um, it's a nose cannula that we taped to her little face, and mm. she hates it. It's like yeah. holding her down like a straight jacket. If anyone's listening and has any tips, please. We've done tape. We've done yeah. everything. Like everything, and she hates it. Um, so right now she sleeps on nap for nap for all sleep. She has that on. And we're hoping she continues to grow out of it. So, like, mm. that's one of the things, too, that I think is hard that I've really been reminded through this process is healing is not linear. Yeah. And so for so long, Grant and I were like, we'll make her better. Fix her. Fix her. Just give her a surgery and right. make her better. Fix it. Fix it. Exactly. I want to fix. Yeah. yeah. I want her better. I want you to her tell me she's 100% healthy and I want yeah. her home. And that's not the way it is. Yeah. Um. So we don't know yet. Mm. We think that she'll grow out of a lot of this. We mm-hmm. think that... As she grows, things will start to like kind of arrange yeah, themselves as yeah, they Yeah, so basically her muscles need to strengthen. Mm. So as she grows, that will happen. Hopefully her septum will get larger, Her, no, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. But we don't know. Um, and so we don't know if she'll have to have another surgery. We don't know when that will be. We don't know what that looks like. Hopefully the oxygen is helping her brain, heart, and lung development. So like it's just kind of a... She's healthy right now. She's meeting all of her milestones. She's great. Yeah. Do you do you feel like the difference in those like first those like three four month month three four versus like six now? Like, do you feel any sense of relief? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I finally feel like we're settling, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go to yoga this Saturday. Like, yeah. maybe Ryan, I I'll get a sitter. Like, maybe we went to Soda last weekend for Ryan's birthday, and yeah. it was like the first like thing we'd done together. Right. And I saw you just took a trip. I took a girl's trip, which was like... Was that <sighs> transformative? Transformative. Yeah. My best friend who lives in Denver texted me when I was in the PICU and was like, what do you need? And we had, so, I mean, we had so many amazing people. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this, like we are so grateful. Yeah. Meals, whatever, like a week of night nurses paid for by friends, like yeah. gift cards, like so many things. Um, we felt so loved and lucky. Yeah. And my best friend texted me like, what do you need? And I was like, honestly, I need something to look forward to. Yeah. Like... So we booked this trip four months out, um, hoping we wouldn't have to cancel. Right. And then right. I was able to go. So we went to Vail and it was oh, amazing. Oh, I love Vail. Yeah. It was good, amazing. Good. What, um, I would like to hear about the support that you had like during this time that you like took on to help you guys out. Yeah. And I cannot stress this enough how privileged we are. Um, so I have this newfound passion for maternal mental health and mm-hmm. postpartum mental health after this experience yeah. and, um, a passion for helping women who are under resourced, yeah. um, postpartum because right. I really do think and believe if we had less resources, less access, um, less support, all of those things that Slim wouldn't be where she is right now. Yeah. Um, and she might not be here. Yeah. Honestly, um, I mean, I had the privilege of sitting and watching her monitor while she napped. We hired night nurses. We right. got food delivery systems. We right. did um, Fresh Time Market. Yeah. Or now Fresh, what is it called? What's the meal planning system? Or 
Uh, we'll link it God, in the below. It's, yeah, it's I'm like, sorry. There's It's a mother-daughter duo, and they're so yeah, amazing, and they drop yeah. things off all the time at my house. I don't, I don't know. But we did meal service. We did night nurse. The night nurses were transformative because for a certain amount of time, we had to every 30 minutes track her respiratory rate, so someone would have had to like, be up with her. Like, how would you do that? Exactly. And you guys are both working. Exactly. Um, I... We started seeing, we saw a therapist for a few sessions together, which was really helpful. You and Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley Solomon's therapist, actually, from yeah. Galia. She yeah. um, referred us to them. And yeah. I love Ashley because she's like, every therapist should have a therapist. Right, right. Um, and so we did a few sessions of couples therapy, which was really great to process what happened. I'm sure. Because you guys are both processing it differently. There's grief involved. There's trauma. Yeah. There's uncertainty. Like, Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then our family, like Ryan's parents were a huge help. Yeah. They're here. Um, yeah. my best friends, like one of my best friends came in from Columbus for two weekends. One of my other friends came in for a weekend. Like we yeah. just had so much. So good community around you. Yeah. So much help. Um, but I do want to talk about, like you had mentioned in your text, when we were talking like the lack of support for women. Yeah. Like, is this not only like in the workforce, but like throughout the whole process of like education and like, what are your options? Like, wh- what do you, I can't about talk that? about this enough because yeah. it's such bullshit. Like we are not given any autonomy during the process. Even the minute I was pregnant, it was like, here are the things that you're not supposed to do, mm-hmm. but no explanation as to why no critical thinking. So mm. what I wanted in the way my brain works is present me with data and let me make a choice for me and my baby sure. and my body. Right. Yep. And it's not like that. It's like, don't eat sushi. And you're like, why? Mm-hmm. And no one tells you why. They're just like, just don't eat it. Okay. Right? Okay, well, I want to know, like, what's the risk of, is there a certain sushi I can't eat? Is yeah. There the, you know, whatever. Yep. All those silly things. So I bought this book. She wrote Crib Sheet. My brain's not working today, but um, she has a pregnancy book too, and I love her. And I'll think of the name again. You're going to have to really read the resources section on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get it out there. Um, but she is amazing. And so I loved her book because it was like, here's the data and you can make decisions for yourself. Yes. Because we believe you're empowered. Yes. Right. And like, I think from like the only support that I got through pregnancy was through my friends. Yeah. Like the medical system is not set up for support. They're set up to make sure your baby is, is born alive. healthy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but they're not set up to talk about... Maternal mental health or any of that. I mean, there's no mental health check-ins. There's no. So six weeks postpartum, you go, but okay. six weeks is a long time. And is it for just a mental health or is it also physical? No, it's physical. So like basically, what they're doing is clearing you to have sex. Is like the main point of the visit. sure because that's exactly what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like you can go back to exercise and sex. Like best of luck. Yeah. And they give you a depression survey, like oh, whatever. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But nothing like. And I just think of women who don't have the support system or don't have like the, the family or the knowledge or all those things. Like, because if I feel like I'm not supported and I have the knowledge around mental health and postpartum depression, mm-hmm. like I had the wherewithal when we were in the PICU to call my OB and be like, hey, help me out. Yeah. But if I didn't know to do that. And or sh- if you thought there was a stigma around it or like, right. I can't take medication to help me cope with this right now. Like whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. Or I thought people were going to judge me or whatever. Yeah. I would be lost. Right. And so I think of all those women that don't have that support because our medical system is not set up to support the mom. It's set up to have a healthy babies. Yeah. Right. And what's most important for a healthy baby is a healthy mom. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then with work. Oh my God. Some of my clients, like 
I mean, I'm like, my daughter's in the hospital. I'm telling me postpartum, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. No. Like, no regard whatsoever mm-hmm. for that. No. And like, if you were working at a corporate job, I mean, obviously, depending on the company, but what is it? Most, most 12 weeks, if you're lucky. Oh, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. And I think... Uh, I think a couple consulting firms will do like six months, like the big Google. ones. Google. Yeah. yeah. Deloitte. Deloitte, yeah. Yeah. Um, the average is like four days. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying. In the States, it's like four days. You have to take your PTO. Because women yep. who are working shift jobs... Right. That's They just get fired. Yep. Which is like... Uh, Can you imagine? You'd have to quit your job. You'd have, to quit, you'd have to quit your job and then you have to find a new job. Ryan and I have talked about this paid. so many times with Sloan. I'm like, one of us would have to quit our job, if not both of us. The amount of doctors, she had 73 doctor's appointments before five months of age. Can you imagine if no. I worked for a large corporation or like at Wendy's and I was like, I'm going to have to call off 73 times. Mm-mm. They'd fire me after the first time. Yeah. yeah. And you'd have to quit your job, try and figure out how to pay the bills and then right. try and find a new job after your baby right. was better or postpartum I, or whatever. I, I can't comprehend. No. It's, our system is so flawed. It is not set up for moms. What do we do? I don't know. But if you're I don't listening know how and you know, like, either, but. I, I don't know. I follow like mom Congress on Instagram and I want to get more involved. So if you're yeah. listening and you know how, let us know because I want to. And is it like more at, like, do you start at a local community level? Like, is that yeah. how you can, like, try to make an impact? Is there some kind of resource set up to do? I, I don't know, right? And I'm I would say, but. like, what is amazing to me, and now I get it. So the amount of meals that we had dropped off from other moms that I'm not even close to mm-hmm. after Sloan was born was unreal. Because they get it. They get it. Yeah. So I think that's where our support is, is other women yeah. who've been through it. Right. Um. And who aren't afraid to talk about it. I mean, I have a few friends who are like, yeah, of course I went on Zoloft after my kid. Or of course I did this after my kid. Like, mm-hmm. And so I think we have to start sharing stories yeah. about it. Like dispelling this myth that everything is like roses and sunshine after you have a right. baby. Because it's not. Right. It's no. Not. It's not. You're bleeding wearing pads and diapers and like, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard. Do you... But there... The, Everyone will come back then too, right? And sit, but like, it is worth it. Oh yeah, I mean, I yeah. like her. Yeah, you like her. <laughs> no, right. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I love her. I had this moment I posted about on my Instagram two days ago or yesterday. Was that yesterday? And someone was sick, and again, privilege of yeah. being able to stay home from work and take care of her. Yeah. Um, but then also, like, I was rocking her, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I this is my baby. Yeah, and I think it's also important that like maybe when you're in the thick of this only six months in, like that's not that long of a time of like, if you haven't, I remember a, a coworker had a baby and, and she, we were very open, honest, candid relationship that I valued so much. And she would say like, I don't know how old the baby was coming in, like whatever, how long it had been, but she was like, I don't know if I like, like, yes, I, I love the baby because it's my baby, but like, I don't have this, like, I haven't had this like epiphany moment yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that's okay. And she's like, she, you know, they don't even like, she's not really even like looking at me and like, you know, cause you know, like I, I just don't feel this like connection. Yeah. I think that's really normal. Yeah. That's what I do too. I, I think it's totally normal. And even if you don't have postpartum depression, a lot of women have like the postpartum blues, they call them. Yeah. Where your hormones are like raging out of control. And I think all that impacts you so much. And if you're trying to figure out breastfeeding and blah, 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 blah. So I think it's, I don't think that's abnormal at all. And I think if you're listening and you're having that moment and you feel like it's abnormal, it's not. Yeah. Like I, I like Sloan more and more every day. 
I'm like, oh, you are like laughing at me and smiling at me now and you're interactive and this is so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, how has changed in the way you take care of yourself? There's a lot less time. Um, I'm more efficient though, because you're like, I have this, which seems crazy because you're like, well, well, shouldn't you be efficient always? But like now I'm like, I have this much time till the sitter leaves. Mm. It's like, I have to get, I shouldn't say more efficient. I prioritize better. Mm. So I'm like, these are the important things that I have to get done in this amount of time. Right. Um, Right. But then in terms of intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more intentional. Maybe that's it. Um, and I've had to be okay with taking care of myself looking different right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to be an hour and a half workout mm-hmm. um, where then I grab a coffee and a smoothie after sure. and like yeah. whatever. Go work at a coffee shop. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, can I take 10 minutes for myself? Can mm-hmm. I go for a walk with Sloan? Can I meditate for five minutes? Can I practice mindfulness while I'm holding her? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can we integrate self? Can I integrate self-care into what I'm doing? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to it being the separate thing, because some days you don't have time for it to be a separate thing. Right, right. I love that. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad to be on. I, I hope it was like, helpful or informative. Tech, oh my God, yes. Yeah, so helpful. Like just you sharing your story is helpful Good. for people to hear it. Like Good. I told you, like your voice is important and matters. Thank you. What does being fit mean to you? Oh, How has it changed? How has it changed? Yeah. Since now being a mother. Oh, Being fit to me, actually it has changed since being a mom. Being fit to me means being able to live a long life Mm. to be with Sloan. Yeah. That perspective shift is huge. Like you're talking about like, like that alone was like literally the purpose of your life now is different. That's like so revolutionary. I haven't said that out loud yet, but of course, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I want to live a long life so I can be able to get down on the floor and play with her and run with her and do all the things with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And see her kids. And yeah. so it's more about longevity, I yeah. think, than being like, oh, I have a six pack mm-hmm. or I have great mental health or, or just meditate that, an hour like a day. It, like, I think when I answer that question, right, I'm very focused on me. I mean, the question is, what does being fit mean to you? But it's like, yeah. I'm coming from this like very selfish place of like, I want to be operating on all cylinders for myself, whatever. Yeah. Like, I want to be kind to myself. But now it sounds like, like well, now there's like this... Ec- there's this like secondary yeah. pri- or primary force that's like driving that. Yeah. It's crazy. That's insane. It's Motherhood crazy. is weird. Yeah. It sounds it's like weird. it. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. My best, or one of my best friends, I say best friend a lot. I had a, you have really good friends. I have all, great friends. Really great best, best friends. friends. Yeah. Um, one of my best friends, Nancy says that motherhood is brutal. It's brutal and oh, beautiful at the same time. I and love that's that. like the best description I've heard. Totally. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks if anyone's me. listening and has any, I don't know, help for us, resources, if you, anything to share that maybe we can post about, yes. that, like it's worked for you, whatever it is, like contact us, DM, where can people, where can people like find you and get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Oh yeah. Meriden MWB is my Instagram handle, mm-hmm. Quidwell, Q-U-I-D-W-E-L-L. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, if you have resources on maternal mental health or how we can get involved, I would love, love, love to hear that and support that and share that. Well, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Share to your socials, rate, review, all the things. Love you.